Welcome to the Growing in Christ podcast, where we are rooted in living water and growing closer to our purpose in Christ. I am your host, Shador Foy. Now let's get growing. Today, we are in Proverbs chapter 10, so I encourage you all to grab your Bibles and grab your notebooks and pencils and pens and journals and all types of fun, crafty stuff like that. And we will be starting with chapter 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Verse 2, treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. Verse 3, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desire of the wicked. So verse 3 is talking about how when our soul desires things, like not just like materialistic things, but true things like peace and like joy. And when our souls truly desire the things of God, God is not going to allow us to famish. He's not going to allow us to go without it. He's not going to allow us to have any lack. He said that he will withhold no good thing from us, but he casts away the desires of the wicked, meaning that whatever the wicked desires, which most of the time is materialistic things, he casts those things away. They will not be fulfilled in their soul. They won't be fulfilled in their desires. And then verse four says, he who deals with a slack hand becomes poor but the hand of the diligent makes one rich verse 5 he who gathers in summer is a wise son but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame verse 6 blessings are on the head of the righteous but violence covers the mouth of the wicked so this chapter chapter 10 is so far it's talking about the difference between being a righteous person versus being a wicked person. So as we go through this kind of picture and think about yourself and who you are right now and just evaluate yourself going throughout the verses and being like, am I righteous or am I wicked? And do I do this or do I do that? Like, which one do I fit? And verse 7 says, the memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. Verse 8, the wise in heart will receive commands, but a pratting fool will fall. Verse 9, he who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become unknown. So, so far this chapter, I just, I don't know if I'll be giving much insight much of my thoughts on this chapter so this podcast episode might go fairly quickly because this chapter is not calling for my insight if you will I mean I feel as though the way that we are going is self-explanatory so throughout the rest of this chapter like I said I just really want you including myself to just think about which person that we are and you know understanding are we righteous are we foolish are we wicked are we upright like just thinking about which one we do and just which one we want to do you know which one that we truly want to be verse 10 says he who winks with the eye causes trouble but a pratting fool will fall will fall verse 11 the mouth of the righteous is a, a well of life but violence covers the mouth of the wicked 
Verse 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Verse 13, well, actually, sorry, going back to verse 12, when it says, but love covers all sin, I kind of do want to dive deeper on that part where, um, just the whole verse actually, where it says hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. We should never constantly bring up somebody's mistakes. People will say, you know, God forgives and he forgets and he throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. But then people will go turn around and say, well, people shouldn't be like that. Yes, we as people should forgive them, but we shouldn't necessarily forget what they did to us, which I kind of beg to differ on that because we should. I mean, they say if somebody trespasses against you and shows that they're an untrustworthy person, though you forgive them, they shouldn't be trusted again. But is that expressing true forgiveness? That's like saying because we show God that even though he gives us love and he gives us wealth and he gives us joy and we go ahead and give it away or do things evil against him and then we come and ask for forgiveness and God's like yeah I forgive you I just I just won't love you again you just won't have my grace again you you just won't have my wealth again but sure sure I'll forgive you I just I just won't trust you to have my prosperity ever again you know that's not true forgiveness so we have to walk in that forgiveness where we say I forgive you and I will forget about it. You know, I can trust you again. I can love you again. Because if that person is seeking true forgiveness, they'll know. Like if somebody stole $5 from you and they truly came to you and were seeking forgiveness and they repented and they were like, okay, I won't do this again. And they truly sought out your forgiveness and repented towards you. You have to allow them to be to go through with that you know if you wanted to trust them with money again you should expect them to be in that place where they can say oh no I don't I don't trust myself and I don't want your money because I feel that I will steal it again you know versus if you always are the first person to be like well I can't give you nothing because you're always going to steal that puts wickedness in somebody's mind hatred stirs up strife and that just stirs up combatingness because you know god could say that to us god could be like we could be on our knees praying for peace and god's like nope i i can't give you peace again because you're just gonna you're just gonna go out and do the same things to take your peace away so i'm not mm -mm, i'm not gonna give you that again versus if we truly come to god and repent for doing the things that take away our peace, we're at that broken place to where it's either, God, I don't want your peace because I'd rather be out here in this world, or God, I'm going to stop doing what takes away my peace, and I'm going to claim your peace. That's the, God can't come to that place for us. We have to come to that place for ourselves, and that's the same for people who sin against us. We can't come to that place for them because then it stirs up strife when you are constantly judging them by what they did in the past it causes strife to come against them and just combating this because they they might want to be better 
But that wickedness is telling them, well, if they ain't never going to trust you no way, well, then you might as well keep on stealing. I mean, you ain't never going to clear your record. So you you might as well keep on doing the same damnable things that you're doing now because nobody's going to love you. After you done did it once, you might as well do it a thousand times versus allowing love to cover all sins and allowing to yourself to love somebody no matter what they've done because When you are a Christian or when you are somebody who proclaims to know God or to have God in your life, God should be, in all our ways, we should acknowledge him. We learned that in chapter three. And we should acknowledge him in the way that we love and the way that we see and how we see people. We're supposed to, as Christians, we're supposed to have that ability to be able to see in the spirit and to see them beyond where they're at, to know that, yes, you you may steal money now, but I see you beyond where you're at. And I see you, if you humble yourself and if you truly seek God, he's going to make you wealthy because He's gonna. you're going to get to a place where you're broken and he can trust you with that wealth. And we have to make sure that we're also being fishers of men and pulling them to that place and pulling them up to that place where it's like, you know what? I, I know that you did this, but I know that you can be so much better. You know, I know your past, but I know your destiny too. And I know your future too. And I know God has plans of good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. You know, and he has those same plans for everybody. And it's not about, oh, I have plans. God didn't say I have plans of uh, good and not evil and a future and a hope for just those who are righteous. You know, he didn't say my thoughts towards you are not evil, but to allow you to live. You know, he didn't say that for the people who are just righteous or for the people who are just always doing the right thing or always go to church. No, he said that for every last one of his kids. So you have to have that mindset. And then in verse 13, it says, wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Verse 14, wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Verse 15, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Verse 16, the Lord, I'm sorry, the labor of the righteous leads to life and the wages of the wicked to sin. Verse 17, He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses reproof goes astray. Verse 18, whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Verse 19, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. So, We have to be careful when we talk to make sure that our words are few. Also allowing our yeses to be our yeses and our noes to be our noes. And just get a little personal. I had to deal with that and I have struggled with that of backing down from what I say, you know, because I don't want confrontation and different things. But I've learned that you shouldn't always have to explain yourself. You can let your yeses be your yeses and your nose be your nose. You don't always have to explain yourself. If people ask you, 
why you do a certain thing or why you have to act like this or even if they think bad thoughts against you or even if they seem like they're always against you and against the things that you do and they say well I don't think this is right okay but I didn't ask what you thought you know I'm I'm living for God not for you and I'm I'm glad about it you know you have to be that way and you have to make sure your words are few because people will try and get you to say so much so they can find an error in what you say if you say a lot of words they're gonna be looking for one place where they can get you versus if you say a few words and you let that be that you know they can't get you as good as they can get you if you can if you say multiple words And then verse 20 says, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Verse 22, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Excuse me. Verse 23, to do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. Verse 24, the fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. Verse 25, when the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Verse 26, as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. Verse 27, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Verse 28, the hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Verse 29, the way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Verse 30, the righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. Verse 31, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the reverse tongues will I'm sorry, the perverse tongue will be cut off, cut out. Verse 32, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. So also, as we're going through, that was the end of the chapter 10. But also, as we went through the chapter 10, and even if you want to go back and re-listen to it, it's also for, you know, knowing what part that we play But also reading it and understanding that God will do what he said he will do. You know, because sometimes, especially, I don't know if you notice, but with Christian movies and Christian shows, sometimes it just always, I'm sorry, uh, what is that word? Magnifies. It always magnifies Christians having to go through struggle, but still being praising God and going to church even the struggles that they do have and yes they have miracles at the end of them but yet that's just not always how God wants us to live our battle is not against flesh and blood but it's against the principalities so it's not always God never really intended for us to struggle with paying for our bills or paying for the desires of our heart or paying for our car and we just struggle and have to pray about it and just really, you know, being like, God, please, pretty please help us, please help me with my bills or even just us being young people and just having to be helped all the time with materialistic things. But it's more about spiritual things. We have to 
pray for others and intercede for others that's when our battle really comes in um conducting ourselves like because even with the movies and the shows sometimes those people cuss and those people do wrong and those people drink and they will not be walking upright and righteous but yet the movie or the show would like to portray that the money is the battle that you know even though you know they still got to pay off their house and different things that's what the battle is yet they're praying and constantly going to church but the battle isn't that the battle is their mouths some of them on the shows and movies are mean and sometimes that's where the battle is and you should focus on that battle more than you focus on the materialistic battle god says if you delight your self in the Lord, you will have the desires of your heart. So it's not, God didn't say you'll get the desires of your heart and then you'll delight yourself in the Lord. Yeah, I'll I'll give you the new car and I'll give you the new house. And then after I give you that stuff, then you can delight yourself in me because those things mean nothing. Those things are not going to help the body of Christ if you're still mean to people and you're still not, you know, bringing people to church because you're so mean or you're still cussing and drinking and that's not attracting anybody that's not attracting any sinners so we also have to think when we're reading this that God will do what he said that we will do that he will do sorry and we just have to be in the position for it we have to stay righteous to be exalted we have to stay righteous to get the things of god and the wicked will be repaid the wicked will be cut off from the land they will be cast down their their weapons will not work you know they will come to destruction and they will fall and sometimes the world distracts us from that and makes us think differently but that's why we have to hide the word in our heart and know god's word to come back to it and be like okay i don't care what the world says because this is what god says and god has the last say so i'm gonna leave you all with that and i pray that you all have a blessed day and just blessings on blessings and wisdom on wisdom comes to you throughout this month and throughout the rest of the year and the rest of your life i mean it is a blessed life to have wisdom and to truly learn how to walk in those things now just like like Solomon said, hear me now, you know, just walking in those things right now in the present. The growing does not stop here. You can find the Growing in Christ blog on our website that can be found in our bio. Not only does the Growing in Christ website house our blog, it also shows you where you can find us on our social media. Always remember Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. For through this verse, we know that if we keep on trusting in God, simultaneously, we'll keep on growing in God.